Hello! Hi. And welcome back to another episode of the Multiverse Podcast. My name is Luke. And my name is Matthew. And we are joined... Hey! 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 This is my podcast. This is mine and Matt's podcast. You don't talk unless you're spoken to. Is that clear? You don't have the speaking stick, bro, alright? It's not your turn. <laughs> We're joined again by the lovely Ryan and Hi. Austin. Can I speak Hi. now? Yes. Hi, I'm Ryan. I was Luke's RA, and by proxy, I know Matthew. I love... Somebody brought up that you introduce yourself as Luke's RA instead of your own individual. Yeah. What else is he supposed to do? That's fair. Austin, how would you introduce yourself? I'm Austin Davis. That's it. <laughs> That's his one <laughs> defining quality. <laughs> That's all you need to know about him. That's me. <laughs> he, he's a deity. He's the most mysterious man on the planet. Any truthers out there? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all you need to introduce yourself, honestly. You're just, you're built different. Hey, man. Can't put too much information <laughs> out there. Never know who, who's listening in. The that's fans watching. Yeah, bro. So, um... Oh, this week, you, sir. Okay. Uh, this week, we're going to go ahead and continue our Halloween October special of talking about horror movies. Uh, this week, we actually have two films we're going to talk in depth about, um, but we're going to kind of follow the same structure of last week. So, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and just give us the rundown of what all you watched this week? For sure. So, last week, we ended off with Alien, which we talked about pretty in depth. So, the day after that, I watched Cabin in the Woods and then The Belco Experiment. Friday the 13th, Ready or Not, Ger Gerald's Game, Night of the Living Dead, and The Mist. Cool. So, um, you know the drill. Which one was your favorite? Which one was your least favorite? And tell us a little bit about those two movies and why. Um, so, my least favorite, who has been the least favorite so far this month, is Friday the 13th. This guy... It's bad. Valid. It's bad. Yep. I gave it a 3 out of 10. Let me actually go to my review real quick, because I began screenshotting them. I said, it's a load of this movie is bad, and it has some redeeming qualities, so that's why it didn't get a 1 or a 2. The deaths in that movie are pretty shocking, to say the least, especially the one where the guy is held up by arrows on the door. I thought that was pretty cool. And then the kid that was dead on the top bunk while the other two kids were having sex. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> and the shots of the scenery of the lake and of the forest was pretty cool i really enjoyed just like looking at the nature and seeing like they're really not next to anyone kind of like not as intense as the mist but you know there's really no one around for miles kind of situation so that was cool uh but that's the only redeeming qualities of this movie everything else is pretty trash uh the movie is 95 minutes and it could easily be 45 there are so many drawn out scenes that if you see a death you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then five minutes later, you're like, what are you doing? What, what, like, why am I having watching three minutes of this girl making tea? Why am I watching Mrs. Voorhees <laughs> and the final girl battle like four different times? They like battle, then run away. And the battle, and then run away again. The battle, and then run away. And it goes on and on and on until, spoiler, she decapitates her, which doesn't look good at all. Um, 
Another thing, the most iconic horror franchise of all time, or the most iconic horror villain of all time, Jason Voorhees, is not in this movie until the very, 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 very end, like the last three minutes. And even then, it's a dream. It's so bad. Uh, I cannot wait to dive into this and just crap on it for the next 30 minutes. Yeah, I have more topics, but we'll save that for later. <laughs> Uh, and then my favorite movie, which has also been my favorite of the week and also got a coveted 10 out of 10 in my book, is the 2019 movie Samara Weaving, Ready or Not. So good. It's such a good horror movie. And we're going to talk about that later. But, oh, what a, what an exquisite movie. Agreed. Um, Austin and I also finished and started a movie with our friend tj uh on friday austin would you like to tell them about the first movie that we watched uh it was sausage party wasn't it <laughs> yep <laughs> seth rogan's sausage party i've never seen it before i still have no it's been three days and i still have no clue how to process that movie it is a lot to take it's in hilarious. is that your favorite horror it's, movie now it's, 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 it's a something. horror movie it's pretty, it's funny, not going to lie. It's a lot of dumb humor, as a lot of stuff that Seth Rogen does, but I think that's part of his brand. And so I think he, him and the rest of the cast execute it pretty well. Um, the other movie we well, we started, did not finish it, sadly, is the 2018 Halloween. Uh, we're like halfway through it, probably, and I really like it. Mm-hmm. It uh it writes every movie after the original Halloween out of canon, thankfully, and just kind of it's like a what is it forty years no thirty years after the original. So we got I don't Jamie even know. Lee Curtis herself, the final yeah. girl. They brought yeah they brought Jamie Lee Curtis back. So far she's cool. They there's a lot of breakdown of like the psychology of like trauma that she faces even like 30 40 years <laughs> after the events of halloween happen which i i appreciate when movies actually break down psychology of characters and not just do stuff without explaining things yeah i agree so far the kills are really cool the uh probably the, one of the coolest horror kills i've ever seen is there's a scene like i'm not going to it basically I mean, I think you should expect that Michael Myers breaks out of prison again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's running around looking <laughs> for Lori, who is Jamie Lee Curtis's character, but he doesn't know where she lives because, well, she obviously moved out of the neighborhood that she used to live in. So he's running around the neighborhood trying to find her, but walking into different people's houses and just killing people. The best kill so far was he like goes in through the back entrance of this lady's house like she's on the phone talking and then she goes like out of frame and then you see like this big shadow of him like walking in between two houses and there's like a light that makes him look like huge and then he comes into the house while she's about to close the curtains and he takes a knife and goes right through the back of her skull out of her mouth and that was the most like oh it was so fast and so gruesome, but it looked so real. 
Very, very cool stuff. I'm not a big gore person, even though I love Game of Thrones, but like that was executed very well. And once again, as Ryan said when he watched the first Halloween or the original, it gave me the heebie-jeebies. So, like that's uh, that's also an issue I have with Friday the Thirteenth is that Halloween just is so much better than Friday the Thirteenth. There's no reason to watch it. But I digress. Do you guys want me to talk about the other movies really quick too? Just give mm-hmm. sna- snapshot. Yeah, sure. Yeah, go for it. All right, so we'll start just in chronological order. And I started uh, screenshotting my reviews, as I said, so I can actually go back to see what I thought. So the first one was the Belco experiment. Uh, basic summary, there's 80 people in a job in some South American country. I can't remember which one. And they are trapped in there, and they are told, you need to kill each other, or we will start killing you with chips in your head, and it'll make your head explode. Um, so it's basically a battle royale in an office setting. I really liked it, and I gave it a seven and a half out of ten. Uh, already talked about Friday the Thirteenth. We already talked about Ready or Not. Uh, Gerald's game, very interesting. Very, it made me the most squeamish so far. Summary is that this couple's on a getaway <laughs> trip to a cabin, a lake house, and they start having a sex game, and they have handcuffs, and the guy. Uh, I won't spoil it, but she gets trapped in the handcuffs at some point and she can't get out and she starts having hallucinations and she has to make decisions while trapped in these handcuffs. It is a Stephen King adaptation, so that automatically gets points. Um, little too unrealistic for my taste and the bad guy was kind of whack, but that's okay. I gave it a 5.25, so it was it was decent, a little better than Final Destination, but that came out in 2017. It's the only Netflix movie on my list as well. Then we have Night of the Living Dead, the classic horror movie, the classic zombie movie from 1968. Uh, it's hard to watch now just because it's so old, and it was also an indie film when it came out. But it started what we know as zombies are today, the flesh-eating undead, chase after you, the horde versus the few kind of mentality. Uh, just for how iconic it was, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Uh, movie-wise, like... It's more like I watched it as like a historical figure rather than a cinematic movie. If that's that makes probably sense. Probably a good way to watch it. That's, yeah. I mean, it's how old is it now? I think About 52 years. That's what I thought. I knew it was at least 50, but man, like almost everything that's like we have in culture with zombies now is based off of Night of the Living Dead and that was like the foundation of like Call of Duty Zombies, uh, like Zombieland, The Walking Dead. And I think we talked about this a little bit. Did we talk about this a little bit the other day? I feel like I'm having deja vu yes. right now. I Yeah, so I mentioned World War Z as well. Ooh, yes, World War Z. Great, great zombie movie. I've never actually watched it all the way through, but I enjoyed the bits I have seen. And I can also see a little bit of uh, resemblance with the white walkers from game of thrones as well yeah spoiler matt we're only in season two of game of thrones there is more than one white walker in the show i i assumed but thank you for this there's at least two (laughs) there's at least two i only know the one from the first episode oh yeah so we have seen we've already seen two then um what were you about to say sorry i got one more uh yesterday i watched the mist from 2007 this is another Stephen King adaptation. It is a bunch of people are stuck in a supermarket and there are these monsters in a mist that rolls through town and they have to make decisions 
and trying to survive in the supermarket stuff like that it is another psychological horror but the difference with this one is very religion and philosophy centric uh so you get some pretty unique perspectives from it you get a lot of old testament uh preaching from one character who is so easy to hate uh <laughs> she is the worst villain ever but i digress uh good movie really sad ending I gave it an 8.25 out of 10, so it tied with Halloween. I almost watched that last night. Great movie. I would recommend it to anyone. Also, the gore in it is pretty... It's pretty up there. It's CGI. It's not special effects, but, I mean, they... Nah, that it, loses points for me. Yeah, it's it's good, but, you know, c- CGI will never be able to top <laughs> special effects ever. Exactly. So. Have you seen the The Evil Dead? I have not. So we were going to watch that last night. I went home this weekend, uh, and so we were going to watch that together. And we got 22 minutes into it and stopped because it was so bad. Oh, my gosh. It was like you can never tell if the cameraman is supposed to be a character or if they're just really, really crap at, like, using the camera. So there was, like, a part where there's two people were, like, getting undressed, and the camera just stood there, but it acted like it was a zombie, and then it just walked to the next room. And, like, there's a girl looking out the window <laughs> for, like, two minutes. And you're like, is this supposed to, like, are they supposed to be that stupid? It, oh, we could not finish it. That is one that you could watch probably at the end of this month if you're still trying to do some, like, random ones or weird ones. But I could not get more than 20 minutes into it. Hey, if it's better than Friday the 13th, I can get through anything. I don't Hot know take, if I would say there that. There are almost, almost every movie is better than Friday the 13th. Almost. Which is crazy because Jason is so iconic now. I don't know how we got here. I don't know how we got to <laughs> Jason being the most iconic. I don't know how this movie even got past just drowning in all the mo- better horror films around that time. But yeah, we're here. It's. I mean, you you've now finished uh, slasher Mount or horror Mount Rushmore, haven't you? Uh, good question. Well, I, th- I guess it depends on your perception of which ones are. I think I have two more. I have Scream, and I have Ooh. Hellraiser. Hellraiser's today. Oh, Scream is so good. Scream is very good. Is it made in the eighties, right? Eighty, like late eighties. I think it was the nineties. I think it's a. I'm I'm looking this up. Ninety six. Ninety six. Wow, that's a lot more recent than I thought it was. 96 and then the second one was 97 apparently oh so they were just pumping out sequels and they're bringing i believe they're making another scream aren't they they are i know there's an mtv uh tv (coughs) series but yeah that should be interesting also i read two three days ago that the director of the the 2018 halloween movie said that uh halloween kills the sequel will be coming out in theaters next year regardless of whatever pandemic situations we have. So let's get it together so that we can all go watch a really good horror movie. I'm excited. I'm very excited. For what? <laughs> why, why do we have you here? <laughs> you said like three words and it was, I'm Austin Davis. Yes. I think Austin's right. really going to shine next week when I watch a certain horror movie next Friday. <laughs> the best one. 
no spoilers to what it is, but if you've listened to the other episodes, you already know what it is. We should watch that one together, I think. I think, that'd I be think good we for should all watch, watch that together. one together. I've had people tell me that that's the scariest horror movie they've ever seen. There's 0% chance that's true. There's I, no okay. this way. Guy, dude. This guy. I'm just going off of what my mom told me about certain people that she is friends with. She said doesn't Blair mean would. that they're right. It's perception, Ryan. Yeah. It's all subjective. Maybe I'm just numb to horror movies now, but Yeah, you've just become desensitized. You have become the monster yourself, Ryan. Yeah. I'm like all these villains just combined. <clears throat> Wouldn't surprise me. So we want to go in depth with Friday the thirteenth now? Yes, please. We can tear this apart before we start talking positively after that. Let's start to with... To clarify, we're not talking positively about Friday the 13th in the slightest. Let's start with what what little we liked about this movie. What did I just say? I think the, the one thing that I really liked about this movie, besides what you talked about with the nature, was... And maybe it's not even in this movie, but I'm pretty sure it was. But was the, the Jason slash Friday the 13th theme. Just because that with the... Um, uh, that and the Halloween theme both have kind of come become like iconic. I'm gonna be real. I don't remember what that was. Honestly, it might not. Even, it might not even be in the movie. Okay, let me look up Friday, the thirteenth theme. See if I can recognize it. As you can tell, we're very prepared going into these recording sessions. It's also the night before that we're supposed to be dropping the podcast, this as not... we have all been very, very busy. Oh, oh. yeah, the... Shh, shh. Yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Shh, that's the part I was talking about. Have any of you guys played the Friday the 13th video game? I have not, but no. I have it yes. downloaded. Yes. What did you think, Austin? I played a little bit of it with our friend Garrett. I loved who it. Who died in Halloween 2. <laughs> no longer canon, so I guess he's alive. But... I thought it was pretty I... fun. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was very, very, very buggy when it first came out. But as with almost every game that has a good developer, they fixed it pretty pretty quick. Um, I don't know. What did you like about it? Uh, like I said, my favorite part was the deaths. But even like looking back at it, how did she get that kid? Because, spoiler for the movie, it's not Jason, it's his mom. How did she get that kid up with those arrows? I don't even know. She just built Shot different. him. <laughs> <laughs> like he jumped, she shot him in midair. Sounds yes. good to me. Trick shots. Um, and the scenery. The scenery was super cool, too. I literally have nothing past that. It's just so not good. Who? Just <laughs> boring. It, yeah, like, nothing happens in the film. And like you were talking about earlier, like, things will happen, and they happen for such an unnecessarily long amount of time. Like, the one guy who went to the diner, like, that scene is, like, five minutes long or whatever. And it doesn't even, I don't know, it doesn't add much to the plot except for the fact that he wasn't at the camp with everybody else. It builds character. It's like, oh, I should probably go save them. And then he takes his Jeep, and then the Jeep breaks down, and then the police come and get him, and then they get there, and then he just dies. So why did you have yeah. this whole sequence about him being stranded and him getting there? I mean, I guess it was for the dialogues between him and the cop, but even at that point, it was like, that didn't even add up to anything either. No, there's like, it doesn't, 
none of the interactions with any of the characters i feel like add anything to the plot or add any lore to jason or jason's mom yeah just, i would have to agree i remember there was this one this is i'm gonna relate it back i promise this is one youtuber i watched and he was complaining about how like in video games there's just random dialogue that happens like you'll get into a car and the characters will immediately start talking about nothing yeah austin is donkey um and like that's kind of how it felt in this movie like there, there's two people on screen and, and it feels like okay well they have to talk even if it's about absolutely nothing add nothing to the plot you know it's just like oh well it seems natural for two characters to talk but people can just stand in a room and not even interact with each other you know what i mean like if it's not going to add anything well, what's the point of having it there it feels that's like it I'm slows saying. down this movie that could totally be 45 minutes Austin. yeah but to your point that would kind of ruin the entire premise of like quentin tarantino's movies it has to be done effectively there mm-hmm. are conversations that can be pointless that turn out to be iconic, like the milkshake scene from Pulp Fiction. Well, yeah, I've but never I mean, like, seen that movie. I have How? not either. What? Ryan, please tell me you've seen it. I've seen the first half of it. Oh, my. In the oh. final 10 minutes. Seth Rogen so in that one, too. Seth Rogen is not in that one. That's uh, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta. It's Kevin yeah. Bacon in it. <laughs> hey, Bruce Willis is in it, too. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> He's like a huge <laughs> yeah. part of the plot. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I always forget that Bruce Willis, like, exists. Let me just check real quick. So I know Halloween came out in 1978, and this movie came out in 19... I want to say 82. Maybe I'm a little off with... Okay, 1980. So it definitely came out after. So that beginning scene where Jason goes and kills the two counselors having sex, uh, that's totally just read from Halloween, right? Like, is that Jason or is that Jason's mom? Ooh, good question. Ooh. I, I, I think it is, wouldn't that be his yeah, mom? Yeah, it would be Jason's mom because Jason drowned. Jason's already dead, and she's like pissed off about that. But still, like that scene in Halloween where Michael goes up and just stabs his sister, who's yeah, naked. Who's it's naked? Basically, yeah. So it's a first-person view of someone with a knife stabbing someone doing something sexual. Yeah, that feels like that's completely ripped. What's your favorite Jason kill? From this movie? Well, uh, Jason's on that movie. Well, if, if we're talking about just the movie, probably the part where he drowns, because that's the only <laughs> Jason kill. I mean, <laughs> the uh, where Jason pulls the girl underwater, but even that's a dream. So, like, the coolest kill is just a dream. Did this? Have you seen Carrie? The 80s? Was it 70s or 80s? I think it was... Have you seen 80s. Carrie? I have not seen Carrie. 76. Okay. Well, there's a part, and it reminds me exactly like um, Friday the 13th. And since... What, what, what year did we say that Friday the 13th came out? 1980. Okay. So it came out four years after Carrie. And there's a part in Carrie at the very end where this person is having a dream that they're, like, standing on this burning building, and all of a sudden the hand of the person shoots up and grabs them. And it feels exactly like the ending of this movie. Although that was executed way better. Like, this one just feels totally random. So, once again, I kind of feel like Friday the 13th was just like, hey, let's pull random good things from other movies and try to make it good here. And then just was executed so poorly. So, I'm looking at the awards this movie got, too. It had it got f- awards? It had five nominees. <laughs> Two of them were from the Razzies. Okay. Do you know That's what, a good start. I said, do I you know, know what the, the Razzies, Razzies are? are? 
They are probably the opposite of the Oscars. They were nominated for Worst Picture and Worst Supporting Actress in Betsy Palmer. All right. They were nominated for Best Film from Sh- in Mist Fest of 1980, which I've never heard of. People usually it go. It must have been a very not good year for film in 1980 if Friday the 13th is getting nominated. Um, the winner was Savage Hunt of King Stuck, and I have never heard of that before. Never heard of it. I've never heard of any of these movies. Never mind. Um, but then the other nominees it got were DVD extras. So it was the box collection of all the Friday the 13ths. So it wasn't this movie. It was just the fact that they were all col- uh, it was a collection. You said that it was nominated for best movie of 1980, best film. Best film. That's really crazy because The Shining and Empire Strikes Back both came out in 1980. What is Mistfest? It's in Italy. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> okay, so Italians must have never seen The Shining or even heard of Star Wars then. Tell yeah. your mom talk low. <laughs> <laughs> uh what else did i not like about this movie oh it created all the tropes i hate in horror movies uh you know your final girls you got your dumb sluts you got your dumb jocks who only want sex you got the love interest you've got the final girl i hate all those tropes oh and all the characters are dumb as shit they all don't all right, act that's like the one for the week pe- ryan thanks ryan yeah you made it 26 and a half minutes Add that to the uh, multiverse podcast swear jar. They are all. Wait, no, you used two last week. Oh, oh, you're looking oh, the next week's stuff. I'm getting oh. a paycheck, bro. <sighs> they I just want to swear. Are all on, you get one a week, so man. Get one wiener. Stupid. They're not even tropes anymore. They're cliches. Stop making your horror. Vill- Stop making your horror heroes stupid. I hate it. Are they supposed to be uh, smart? What else did I say? I said, this movie could only give nightmares to young children in the 80s. Anything past that or anyone older than that would only say this is a boring movie. Wow. I'm such a great film writer. Is I that- went um, a couple weekends ago to go to a drive-in to watch movies. One of them was Scream and one of them was Friday the 13th. And I literally told the people we were with, I was like, we do not have to save for this movie if you don't want to, because it is probably one of the most boring movies I have ever watched because nothing happens. And I think I talked the entire time that the movie was on because we were just so bored. I'm sure the people you were with really appreciated that. <laughs> Shout out Brooklyn. Birthday's tomorrow. Brooklyn. Shout out. Shout out. Happy birthday at the time that this podcast drops. And then, you know, the day after that, it's my birthday. It's crazy. Hey, Ooh. happy birthday, Hank. Is that 21? That's 21, baby. Hey. hey. Gonna go make bad decisions tomorrow night. Oh, no, Ryan. Tomorrow oh. night? Yeah, when it hits oh, midnight. Oh, yeah, at the time of the podcast. You're right. You're right. Um, So when I first went into this movie, I knew Matthew said, this is a bad movie. I know it's iconic, but it's bad. And I went into it. I you was like, like, you know what? I'm going to give it a five. And I was like, lower your expectations. I'm going to I'm gonna prove you wrong. I'm going to give this at least like a decent score. And when I went into it, when the movie started, I was like, this is okay. Like the characters are just having some fun. One fakes to drown and he gets the girl to kiss him. It's like some fake horror. It's fun stuff. Things are happening. Plot is progressing. And then you hit the halfway mark. People start dying and nothing of anything happens it's so slow it is dreadfully slow 
I don't know what else to say about this movie. There's uh, not much else to say about the movie. I think a good thing to end it on is that what I put at the final end of my review is that this movie is iconic, but it is living proof that iconic does not equal good. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people love the movie The Room, and that movie is horrific. Oh, yeah. That that movie gets... Uh, never heard of that movie. Messed on so much. Really? You never heard of it? No. It's regarded by a lot of people to be the worst movie of all time, but it's got, like, this huge cult following. I know that our friend uh, Jacob from a few weeks ago, he was on here. He has gone to see that movie in theaters because they'll reshow it a lot. And he's gone to see it a couple different times. And they made The Disaster Artist, which is like a mockumentary about it. So I believe he's met. Is it Tommy Wiseau? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jacob has met him. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because he, he always goes to these, like, local showings whenever <laughs> they happen. I look at the reviews on Google. They're all copy and pasted. They're the exact same. Yeah. No, the it's exact a cult same. following. It's, it's hilarious. No, it's not, even Re- like, it's not even like they say it's good. It's literally word for word. They control C, control V, yeah, five I'm started. Right here. I'm looking at it, too. Tommy Wiseau's unrivaled directorial debut. The Room is a masterpiece and one of the most underappreciated films of the modern era. Every line and scene has... I just lost my spot. Every line and scene has so much care and effort put into it that it easily puts many far more ambitious films to shame. Its character writing is outstanding and every line feels genuine and carries emotional weight. This film (laughs) features an excellent, devoted cast, including fantastic performances from... I apologize if I butcher these names. Greg Sestero and Juliet Danielle. That was way easier than I thought. Though every role is brilliantly portrayed... The story is a marvelous feat in storytelling with an intricate, compelling narrative that will keep you enthralled, intensely suspenseful cliffhangers, and a heart-stopping ending. Anyone who's seen it knows this is only a... I can't read. Modicum? What what does that mean? I have no idea. Google it. It's only that this is only a modicum of the heartfelt genius that makes the room easily the greatest film of all time. And oh, hi, Mark is the best line. Five stars just for that. I was about to ask, is that what that movie is? That where that line's from? Yes. Oh, hi, Mark. I did not hit her. Nine percent on Metacritic. What a yeah, movie. No, it's it's how not, many were on tomatoes? Not good, but uh, twenty-five. That's enough for me. That's, that's high praise. Austin, you say that's good that's enough. That's rated for higher me. than Suicide uh. Squad. What? I mean, to be fair, Suicide Squad was. Uh... Yeah, but if you've seen The Room, you would gladly watch Suicide Squad over that. Moving on. Yeah, moving yeah, we'll on. We'll move on to a much, 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 much better film. Candyman. My favorite so far this month. <laughs> not Candyman. Shut up. It's not Candyman. <laughs> Which is going to be my movie next Friday. Yes. Oh, I, we weren't going to give that away. <sighs> Come on, man. I have to censor it. I'm going to censor it. You can just sense, make that the censor noise. Okay. <laughs> is Ready or Not 2019. I'm going to. Okay, so I've seen this movie before, before I watched it this month. But I'm going to get. We're going to kind of do a little reverse Uno card. What did you guys think of it? Ryan, I love that you basically host this podcast for us now. Uh, and that's not even sarcasm. 
you have good questions that I do not bring to the table. What can um, I say? Austin. Austin, did you watch welcome. this movie? Which one? Ready or not. Ready or not. I did not. Oh, I was going to have you talk about it, man. All right, go back to your coloring book. I'm <laughs> making koalas. Okay, uh, back to Ready or Not. I watched this movie twice this weekend, once by myself on Thursday morning, and then I watched it again the next day with one of my friends. Um, man, you kind of hit the nail on the head with talking a little bit about this movie. It's really, really well done. Uh, it gives you very... It gives me really serious Knives Out vibes as far as, like, the rich family in the mansion aspect. It's definitely not like Knives Out, but <laughs> mm -hmm. it is a very, very good horror comedy. And, yes, I do say horror comedy because unlike Child's Play, which Ryan mentioned last week, it actually does not try to hide from the fact that it's a horror comedy. The comedy in this movie, most of it hits pretty effectively. There's a couple ones that don't. But most of the time, it's pretty good. Um, the gore in this movie is really good. There is a scene that I had to wince and not watch both Ugh. times that I watched it. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. I know that Ryan and Matt both know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm trying to think of what... You'll, you'll, you'll remember when okay. we uh, talk about it. Um, I know that you mentioned this in your review, Ryan. I don't really want to steal your thunder, but Samara Weaving is the girl. Like, mm -hmm. she is the final girl. She is. I, you know what? I'm breaking into two weeks from now. She is badass. We cannot swear for the next two weeks now, oh Ryan. My. Oh, my. <laughs> this guy, dude. Hey, I own one half of this podcast. I can say what I want. One half. Matthew, what do you think of this movie? I thought this was a very good movie. Um, I laughed a lot more than I thought I was going to. You told us that it was like it had humorous parts to it, and I read that in your review, and I was like, "Oh, okay, it'll just be like jokes here and there." But like, I was genuinely laughing out loud way more than I thought I was going to. The one part that I can remember, I don't know what her role was, but she like walked into the room, and then the girl with the crossbow, she had just done drugs and was like super amped up. And she shot the girl as she walked <laughs> into the room in the mouth yeah. of a crossbow. The maid. And I was like, I was cackling. I had to pause the movie. I was laughing so much. It was just like, I knew what was going to happen. I knew she was going to come around the corner. Like, as soon as she came around, I was like, all right, she's about to get shot with this crossbow. But it was just so funny, like, how fast cut it was. And she's just standing there, like, wide-eyed with an arrow in her mouth. And I, I was, it was just, I don't know, it was really funny. But uh, I liked how many plot twists there were. I just thought that it was kind of interesting, especially the ending. I was... I was really shocked at what happened. I mean, I, I would kind of called it from the beginning. I was like, okay, these three things could happen, but I wasn't really expecting the the husband to betray her. Oh, yeah. But there was also, I mean, as much as I liked this movie, there were a couple parts that I thought were just okay or kind of weird. Uh, I thought that everybody at the end blowing up was kind of weird, and especially because it, it just looked really fake because everything else in the movie looked super realistic. And I'm pretty sure, like, most of it looked like it was all you know special effects and not cgi so the one part of cgi just really kind of like spoiled the rest of it for me and i guess the fact that they were all saying like hail satan i was just like i felt like it just did not belong there it didn't really feel like it had any purpose mm -hmm. uh but then i remembered at the beginning of the movie 
like the first shot is of a board game that has Satan's face on it. So that makes sense. But at the same time, I felt like they could have totally chosen a different explanation yeah. for the whole ritual. Yeah. Leto yeah. Moss that they talk about that their great, great, great grandparent interacted with is pretty much Satan. Like it's yeah. very heavily implied. It was Satan that dealt the dealt like sold their soul so they could have rich and fame. I don't know. I guess just I hear I hear people say, or I don't. I don't really hear people say. I heard him say in the movie, you know, "Hail Satan." I was just kind of like that kind of cringe. Is like, oh, that feels really kind of cliche. Yeah, yeah. It also like like you said, it didn't feel like it really fit the pacing of the rest of the movie. Like it was like the weird cult stuff made sense, but like the fact that it was a satanic cult didn't make much sense. They also do a lot of talking about how like another family like didn't do their ritual and like they all died the next day yep but the way that they set it up made it sound like it was going to be so much better than Mm -hmm. them literally just blowing up into like a pile of blood yeah because they said that the family like burnt in a house fire or something that's at least what the media heard but then the Leto masses were like no they, they it was so much worse than that it's funny you mentioned that because the the movie ends with the uh the Leto Moss mansion burning down. Yep, and you see And that's what the media is going to see. That's really interesting. You see uh Satan himself. I, I forget his, is it Leto I don't know remember what his name it's was. It's uh, uh uh oh, I'm looking it up. It starts with a B. Oh, I can't remember, but he's in the chair for like up. a split second after everyone explodes. And they were talking about how like nobody's ever seen him in the chair before except for the yeah, except for the, the one guy that just got married. And they're like, oh, he was just hallucinating. He was five or seven or whatever it was. Like, ah, that's, that can't be true. But at the very end when they're all done dying, then Samara Weaving uh, sees him just goes, F-. The man named Le- oh Ryan. God, Ryan! I'm quoting. Okay, fine. Fine. Why'd y'all scream? <laughs> yeah, turn that down. If you post. guys, okay, I'm on Wikipedia. So the guy's name was Mr. LaBale. LaBale. I'm. It took me to another link in Wikipedia that is. I don't know how this is pronounced. It's. It's spelled B E L I A L. It's probably Belial. Belial, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, but it it occurs in the Hebrew Bible. Which wait? It's a term occurring in the Hebrew Bible, which later became personified as the devil in Jewish and Christian texts. Huh. So that's actually pretty on brand. Yeah. That that's they're sticking to, like, historical evidence for that. So I guess that kind of justifies it a little bit more. It makes it better, but it doesn't mean like I don't know. I still felt like it was a little misplaced. But now that I know like the origin, it makes sense. I just. I don't know. I feel like they could have had a different explanation. Maybe something a little better. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot I left out of my review. Obviously, <laughs> with a 10 out of 10 review, you want to go on and on. But I keep mine to one Snapchat page. Um, so there's a lot going on in this movie. I didn't even touch on the underlying theme of wealth versus the working class. So obviously, you know that this is a very wealthy family. And Samara Weaving comes from an orphanage, um, and she, or not an orphanage, a foster family. Foster care. And she never really had a permanent family, and she's like very excited to have a permanent family, kind of like uh, what Alex had growing up. Uh, Alex being the husband, for those who haven't watched this film. And it's very much reminiscent, and Luke, you brought this up when you were watching it, of the most dangerous game. Is that what's mm-hmm. called? Yeah, yeah. So the the rich are hunting the poor this is like very very similar to that um but you look at the film and like you said the crossbow scene with the the maid 
whenever a maid dies, it's never like, oh, like someone substantial or like a person has died. It's, oh, she was my favorite. Or, that was so funny. And then they just throw their bodies in with the, was it donk? It's not donkeys, is goats. it? Goats. Goats. Because it's on brand with the satanic, satanic stuff. Yeah. So they just throw them in the goat pit. They they don't they do not think twice about it. And even the third the maid that dies is like I'm not even a maid. He just likes the way I dance. <laughs> like the like lower class people mean nothing to this family, and it's like everywhere. Even at the very end, the dad is like, "You weren't even supposed to survive. You were just another sacrifice. You mm-hmm. aren't a person. Like, what? Yep. Who do you think you are?" Um, I love that there is some sort of underlying theme to this movie maybe it's a very overdone maybe a uh a uh what's the word i look for not a cliche but uh, a trope trope yes maybe it is a pretty common trope but at least it has something there yeah i mean i know that the movie the hunt got a ton of controversy um basically i just i it's a movie about the rich hunting the poor, but it kind of goes down into more political. Mm-hmm. It has a, like a more political agenda to it, I guess, or at least that's what a lot of people thought, but I'm reading through it right now. It's basically um, the rich are like conservatives hunting the poor who are like the more liberal people in the movie. Um, and it got a ton of heat from um our extremely humble president and he was basically saying that they should cancel the movie and i'm not making this up this is a real thing from like almost a year ago at this yeah no over a year ago august 26 2019 is when this article was published but it's a lot there are a lot more movies coming out recently about the rich kind of hunting the poor and i would argue that knives out is similar or even uh, the purge yeah, or the purge. That's a good. Uh, that's a good point. But I guess Knives Out is a similar concept because, like, the girl. I'm trying to think. What was her role again? She was the caretaker. Was the, for yeah, the, the caretaker the ends up. The older guy. Mm-hmm. She gets name. all the money, and immediately the rich family is now the poor family, and the roles get switched, mm-hmm. where they're trying to get back at her, trying to get the money because she, you know, I say it in air quotes, doesn't deserve it. Because she's not in the family. Yes. And there's a little part of kind of going with what you said about uh, the rich and the poor. She's not from America. And every single time that one of the fin members talks about where she's from, they say a completely different country. So it's like they kind of just keep generalizing how other countries are not as developed or don't have as much money. And so they don't really care about her. And I think that kind of plays into the whole rich and poor dynamic that gets switched around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, if we want to continue with the, uh, like, not in the family so they're not worthy of anything trend, let's talk about Harry Potter. All four of us have seen all the movies. I've read the books multiple times now. I don't know about you guys. Yes, sir. But there's a lot of stuff that uh, didn't age well, let's just say. Hey, there's Especially, a lot of muggle, like the whole mud blood thing. Well, I was thinking more like the house elves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, or, like, the really rich, really old, like, ancient wizarding families, like, uh, the Malfoys. Like, if you're not aware, in the Harry Potter universe, the, uh, there's, like, one big family that every wizard, uh, like, came from. 
I'm sure I'm looking this up to so I'm, to make sure I don't butcher this. Yeah, so that's not right. Basically, okay, so basically, there's this big family tree in Harry Potter where all of the like major like pure blood wizards all come from the same family, and um, because like they there's a lot. There's less and less pure blood wizards. They have to end up marrying into their own family to keep the bloodline pure, which I guess kind of goes into eugenics a little bit. It's like entry level eugenics, I suppose. Not to mention a lot of incest, but. Moving on. Oh, I forgot you were here, Austin. What are you up to? Well. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, so, well. We'll kind of delve into the characters of this movie and kind of how they fit this trope as well. And then we'll just start like moving on to characters. So we see, uh, what's the brother's name? Not Dan- Daniel. We have Daniel and his no, wife. Rip Daniel. Dude, I rip love Daniel. Daniel. Me too. Samara Weaving should have married Daniel. But he is the, this family should burn. I don't know if I'm the one to do it, but by the end, he's like, I should probably be the one to do it. And he's married to Charity, who comes from very poor class. And that's what I love about this movie, and I mentioned it in my review, is that you do not have to guess why these characters are acting the way they do. You can ass- you don't have to assume anything. Because there's a line in there between Charity and Daniel where he's like, oh, so you're willing to just hunt this poor girl just so you can keep what you have. And she said, you know where I came from. There's a line even before that where he says, uh, when I told you about that card being in the deck, basically Samara Weaving's character, Grace, had to draw a card to pick what game they were going to play after her wedding. And she drew the one bad card, which was a game of hide and seek where she hides. And if she gets caught, she's going to get killed in the satanic ritual we were talking about. But Charity and... uh, Daniel were talking and Daniel says do you remember what happened when I told you about that you didn't even bat an eye you couldn't wait to get your hands on what was yours mm-hmm. and like Samara Weaving is like like Daniel not Daniel um Adam <laughs> Alex was like Alex. like if I would have told you you would have left so you could always see the difference in their characters and that and we're gonna kind of transition into Alex uh alex you can kind of if you are paying really 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 close attention you can kind of tell he's going to turn because when they're in the tunnel he's like if i would have told you you would have left so you're already seeing like this guy is selfish fudge oh my god ryan Ryan! fudge isn't a bad word yeah but the one that you said before you cut it yourself off you didn't even cut yourself off you said the whole word you already cursed in front of my mom in person. Now you're doing it over the podcast, too? Uh, anyways. <laughs> Alex is the selfish character. Anything that motivates him is from selfishness. Him leaving his family was from selfishness. Him marrying Alex was also selfishness. And now Alex marries Alex? Oh, sorry. Uh, Grace, not Alex. <laughs> and at the very end, when he realizes, oh, you're not going to be with me. He says, she's over here. Time to murder her because I can't get what I want. And you were only here so I could get what I want. Now I can't. Now you're going to die. Hail Satan. I 
despise Alex's character. I talked to one of my RA friends about it. She said they should have stayed together because it would have been a happier ending. I said, no. what? F that. That would not have been a happy ending. That would have been a toxic relationship. That would have been so bad. No, It con- would have been horrible. She didn't even give her the choice of saying, hey, like you ain't have to worry about this card being pulled because it never happens. So I'm not even going to tell you about it. Because even if I do, you're going to leave. It's it's this whole thing. I hate Alex's character. I love it as like a like a literary thing, but I hate the the person, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Helene, Helene is my favorite. The old the aunt. I <laughs> thought she was gonna have such a big role in the film because she's the one that's like glaring at Grace, shows mm-hmm. up when the couple starts making out, and then is always like. No, we don't know that for sure. We have to blah, 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 blah. And then, like, she had, like, no role except for just being angry the entire time. But she was so funny because no, she yeah, was no, so She's funny. comic relief. When but the... I think that her role was kind of to keep the family in check because multiple times, uh, Fitch and Daniel and, uh, oh, gosh, what is Fitch's wife's name? Uh, Charity? No, uh, Emi- that's Daniel's wife. Em- Emily? Emily, yes. There's multiple times in the movie where they're like, we should just cut and run. Yeah. But she's the one who keeps saying, like, no, we have to keep doing this. And I think that's yeah. her role. Or when, or when the maids die, they're like, can we just use the maids? Like, Yeah, and she's like, no. No. I thought it was so funny when the aunt just went over and chopped off the girl's <laughs> yes. head because yeah, she, she was making noise. Oh, it was so funny. She was like, <laughs> and it's like, okay. And then she just goes over she their giant ass and, I thought she was going to be, like, trying to figure out, like, like the maid was going to be like, hey, she's over there and, like, point. But, no, she just walked over and chopped her head off. Yep. No, no, so funny. Casually. Oh, I know what scene you're talking about now, Luke. When I was thinking about, like, deaths, but it's not a death scene you were talking about when you got squeamish. It was when mm-hmm. she went to the goats. Yep. Yeah. All right, so let's transition she goes, into the gore. Yeah, so, yeah, I'll transition into that. Uh, basically, they lock all the doors and windows and turn off the security cameras in the house. Alex is trying to get Grace out of the house, not for her, but for his own selfish ones, as we just talked about. But after he gets the like the doors unlocked, he gets captured by his family, and she's out running around the property, and she goes into like this barn where they keep the goats, which is satanic, like we mentioned. And one of Emily and Fitch's two kids, Georgie... I hate those kids. I hate them. But. Yeah, yep, they're the worst. Georgie shoots Grace through the hand, and then she gets, like, jump-scared by one of the goats in the barn after she knocks him out with one punch <laughs> because she's incredibly strong. Dude, she's so cool. Like, if you... One if, punch, man. If I'm you think you. of Friday the 13th, do you think that the final girl would have just punched that kid in the face? She'd be like, oh... Ow, I'm gonna go run away now. No, Samara Weaving just bunches up her fist and just punches this kid straight in the face. Yeah, because like, she's a yes. good character. Yes. But, smart. Yeah, she gets jump scared. She falls through this. I don't even know what is it. It's it's, it's where a they, little like yeah, it's where they throw the dead bodies. Yeah. And the dead. Uh, they throw goats. the dead goats. Yeah. <laughs> There's a dead body down there, which is the same guy that you see in the opening scene of the movie, who, who the I aunt? thought was Steve Carell, <laughs> Michael Scott, for some no, reason. No, it's the aunt's husband. Yeah, the creepy aunt with the scowl that chops off the girl's head. It's her husband who died during his game of hide-and-seek 30 years ago. She falls in, 
partially breaks the ladder to climb back up on her way in, and then the ladder breaks, and she has to use the hole in her hand and stick it through a nail uh, to get uh, up out of the pit. And it's like I'm clenching both of my like hands around my stomach right now because I'm getting so squeamish gross. thinking about it's it. It's so gross. And you knew it was coming. You'd, I didn't know it was coming until like two seconds before it happened, and I'm glad that I figured it out before because I was eating breakfast at that scene. So, <laughs> yeah, I watched this movie at like 9 a.m. on Thursday. So, it was a great way to start my day. Prime horror movie time. Yeah. I would like to mention Grace's scream at the end because I was laughing really hard. Um, she's tied up, about to get the satanic ritual done on her. And she gets out of the ropes because Daniel comes over no. and saves her. No, she uh, she is um, bound down by the people. They are holding her down. It's kind of like a makeshift ritual. And she, mm-hmm. like, either, I think she digs her nails into uh, Alex's hand and then turns her shoulder. And she gets the knife in the shoulder. No, because Alex is holding the knife. She digs her hands into somebody else's wrist. Oh, she was. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I'm thinking of. Anyway, she grabs the knife and she spins around the table, and it sounds like a dolphin is like laughing. Like that's what her scream <laughs> sounds like. I I rewatched that part like four times. I even sent you guys a video of us laughing because it was just so funny. Like, I think her character is really really good. But Luke, I remember you saying afterwards you were like, who who screams better, her or Millie Bobby Brown? I was gonna say I was gonna transition into that if you didn't. The only person who screams more than Samara Weaving in Ready or Not is Millie Bobby Brown in Stranger Things. However. Hot take. Samara Weaving does it, and it makes her character better. It's like just, it's a blood-curdling. Does not make her character better. She's just like, I hate all of you. I'm just screaming. Oh, it's so it's so like raw, and it's what makes it so like uncomfortable. I because it gets progressively worse throughout yeah. the movie. Is you can just like feel her like breaking and like losing, losing yeah. her mind, and then at the end, it's just like. Like that raw, like screeching thing, and I, I just think about surprise. I think it was one of the reasons why it was so like funny. Like I had to laugh to like relieve that tension. Oh, I completely forgot the the. If we're gonna go with the rich versus poor, she gets past the gate, and like digs the like, in the back of, in her back, the gate is like oh. digging into her back, just scrapes the entire way through. She flags down a car. It's like it's a very nice car. It's like I think a Jaguar or something. I, yeah, it's either like a Jaguar or a like Porsche BMW, or something. Yeah. And she's like, help me, help me. And she's like, get out of the road. It just speeds off. And she's like, what the? Mm. I hate rich oh, people. Oh, now you choose to censor yourself. Yeah, she's or... like, she says a lot of curse words that do not fit together. And it's really funny no, and it's actually well done. And then she just says, I hate rich people. Um, yeah. <laughs> So we just got a couple more characters to run through. Fitch is one of my favorites. You don't really know a lot about him. Uh, I listened to a podcast about this movie, and it sound, and someone explained it as he would probably be the frat guy in college, like just doesn't care about anything. It's kind of just, you know, he's got what he has, and he doesn't really care. At the very beginning, he's like, I had to play old maid. Oh, it was like old maid. What the yeah. is old maid? You know? Yeah. Um, it was so funny, him standing in the bathroom watching the YouTube tutorial of how to use a crossbow. <laughs> how to use a crossbow. Yeah. I, one of the things that makes this movie so good is the fact that you don't, like, I don't recognize any of the character or the actors and actresses except for Samara Weaving. Ah, uh, the mom was the girl from Groundhog Day. Oh. Huh. Oh. I've never seen that movie. I had to look it up because I knew that she looked so familiar. Okay. Cool. But anyway, to your point. Yeah, other than that. 
His character reminds me a lot of uh, Chris Evans' character in Knives Out. Mm-hmm. I cannot think of his name for the life of me, despite the fact that I've seen that movie. Or they're like, uh, he's like sitting, five or six times. He's sitting in the bathroom. He's like satanic ritual bolt or not. Yeah. <laughs> like he's so great. He's the main reason where you're like, okay, wait, is this actually real or is this all just made up? Like he's the one that keeps it like realistic. I think with like the realism keeps you on your toes. The, I think. Yeah. Luke, by the way, Chris Evans character, his name is ransom. Ransom. What a fitting Interesting. name. Forgot that his. I knew he had a weird name. I can't remember what it was. And then the mom, who is, I think, one of the more interesting ones, where she genuinely likes Grace. She like mm-hmm. she really likes her, but she is it's family first. And in that podcast I listened to, it was like when your kid knocks over another kid at the park, and you don't care because it, you know it's family first. Like my family's always right. That's what her character reminds me of. And if you go in that mindset, you despise her character. And she dies. She has like one of the most gruesome deaths. Cause oh she, yeah. Because she's choking out Grace, and Grace reaches over and grabs the box from the very beginning where she got the card out of, and just bashes her with it. And Alex walks in after seeing his brother dead. Daniel dies. And this, and like you can only assume like, oh, like in my head, I was like, does he think that she killed Daniel? Like yeah, that's kind of where I thought he was gonna think too. And then he sees his dead mom, and he's like, well, now you gotta die. And then, uh, and then uh, this will be my last point. At the very end, when it's sunrise between sunrise and they all start exploding, they're like, "Wait, I knew it. This 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 wasn't real." Fitch is like, "I knew it." And then they're like, "Wait a minute, we just committed homicide. We still have to kill you." And then the grandma's running over with the axe and just explodes, and blood is everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot of blood in that scene, and it it's really effective for the final scene oh yeah with samara weaving's just sitting outside with the cigarette and she's drenched in blood yeah and it ends pretty similar well i'm not it ends in a similar fashion that knives out ends as well i know i keep comparing it to knives out but it's it's there's a lot of comparisons and they came out in this around the same time but like it ends with the mansion burning down. She's sitting on the steps in front of the mansion, smoking a cigarette, and the cop comes up and is like, "What happened here?" And she says, "In-laws." And then the movie ends. And it's kind of so similar funny. to like the ending of *Knives Out*, where she's standing on the balcony above the family after Ransom gets arrested, and she's drinking the coffee out of the mug. What is it? This is my house, my rules. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then the movie ends like it, it, it didn't have to have this super drawn out like end of film monologue that you see in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. And it was I thought it was really effective. I, I was genuinely happy that it ended with like two words. One word hyphenated. <laughs> a lot of people like I was looking at reviews as I was doing my review. I was like, what? Like I, I wanted like. Cause I didn't know exactly if this was going to be a 10 out of 10. So I was like looking at what other pe- people said to see if I like agreed with them. And the only negatives I really saw were that Samara weaving didn't really turn into the mercenary killing character that you kind of see she's leading up to. And I was like, well, if that happened, then the movie's unrealistic because she is not yes. some like special forces trained, going to kill everyone. She's just some girl that got everything she does is in self-defense. Yeah, 
like everything she does is realistic and i think if she wouldn't went that total like oh like setting up traps or like being proficient with a gun because she gets a gun and it just like clicks like does not yeah it's it's, a display the bullets are all display so i think i personally think this is the best horror comedy better than Shaun of the dead better than Ooh, that's a hot take what what are some other horror comedies i mean i guess some of the later later child's play zombie land scary movie Scary. Well, scary movies. I would call that a parody, but I guess I know. I know. It's called scary movie, Ryan. Surely it's actually scary. It's gotta be. I think this is the best horror comedy of all time. I would recommend everyone watch it. It's kind of hard to find. You either have to have HBO Max or you can buy it off a of Redbox for on demand online. Um, but even that's like ten dollars. So if you, if you have AT and T as your cell phone provider, you get HBO Max for free right now. So I highly recommend checking that out. Mm-hmm. This is a fantastic movie. Whether you have been in horror forever or you are just getting into horror, it is a great movie to start or end with. Yeah, that means I would have to agree. Austin, what? you need to go watch this movie. I agree. Which movie? <laughs> You're not even here. <laughs> He's our comedic relief. He is the grand. I'm man. excited for him to have a place to shine next week, though, with that. Yes. With the special Andy, movie. Oh, we gotta bleep it again. Oh no, we don't know if Ryan cursed or spoiled what movie we're watching. Who knows? Either way, Ryan's been a bad boy this recording session. Uh. Any other movies I recommend from this week? Maybe the Balco Experiment. If you're getting into, if you want to watch a comedic slash kind of psychological kind of bad horror movie, that'd be a good one to watch. I really liked it. Uh, or duh, maybe the Mist. The Mist is a good psychological horror too. Yeah, that's my recommendations of the week. Cool, cool. Any shoutouts? Uh, Hank. Shout out Hank. Who's Hank? Birthday's coming up. Big boy, one year old. It's his dog. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember. Hank is the cutest of dogs. Any photo of Austin cuddling with his dog is adorable. Which was more adorable, though? Your mom. Oh. Ooh, shout out Amy. Shout out out Mrs. Barton. (laughs) Shout out to Murphy Miller. (laughs) Birthday was a couple days ago. Yes, sir. Shout out Murphy. We love Murphy. He Ew, w- I'd love to get him on this podcast sometime. He was also Luke's RA, but by proxy, he doesn't know Matthew. Yes. Even though I've met him a couple times now. Have you? Yeah. He doesn't know who I am. It's fine. That's yeah, Michael. Flex. Yeah. Uh, Michigan. Michelle. <laughs> Michelle. Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> we've been doing this thing where we've intentionally been calling Matthew the wrong name. It started with calling him Michael, and then it turned into Michelle, and I (laughs) went overboard and called him Michigan. Definitely does not hurt. Pain. 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 Regret. (laughs) Regret. All right, let's wrap this up. Any other shout-outs? I started streaming. Follow me on twitch.tv slash eight-thirds. That is spelled out. There is no numbers in that name. I also have a Twitch. I didn't know we were plugging those. It's uh, twitch.tv slash it's absoluke. It's spelled the way that you would spell absolute, but replace a T with a K. That's all you need, because I'm uh, creative and witty like that. T with a K. Cool. All right. This has been the Multiverse Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be wrapped. No, we have two more weekends of October. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. we we'll need to do a Halloween special. 
I wanted to talk about The Mandalorian before it comes out, but that doesn't really fit our, uh, our doesn't Halloween fit the calendar. Halloween. Well, Unless you want to do two episodes in one week. People don't even listen to one of them. Why would we do two, Silly Goose? If you guys want to ma- give yourself space to like finish the season before you talk about it, you could do it in November. Any truthers out there? That's what I was thinking. But, yeah, so this has been the Multiverse Podcast, as previously stated. We will catch you guys in the next week. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye.